The Bengals are getting ready to go down to Tampa Bay and they're watching a few players as they try to recover from injuries on their Monday and Tuesday days off from physical practice. Anyway, we'll get into injuries, DJ reader notes, Joe Burrow notes, offensive line notes from the Browns game and more on today's episode. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Lockdown Bengals podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So if you want to join the ever-growing First Listen Club, there's thousands of you out there, I'm sure of it. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow anywhere you get your podcasts and We'll have you covered the rest of the way this year and in the offseason as we keep our coverage going on the Cincinnati Bengals. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents to capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster, faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL to learn more. James, the big updates on Monday especially when, when you think about what's coming out on Monday. It's a Zach Taylor press conference and some very notable injuries for the Bengals that we uh, need to keep an eye on and we'll get some updates on as the week goes on. But Trey Hendrickson, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, all guys that you kind of need to watch this week. And Trey Hendrickson and, and Tyler Boyd look like the two that have at least been reported by national reporters to potentially be Likely to miss some time, but Zach Taylor not ready to rule either guy out as Trey Hendrickson is dealing with a wrist issue, is what Zach Taylor said, and Tyler Boyd has a dislocated finger. Yeah, let's start with Hendrickson, which is, as we we talked at at the end of our our postgame show, one of the five most important players on this team, most irreplaceable players on this team. Reports are that he broke his wrist. That lines up. Zach Taylor's not going to say it. He's been very head coachy this year, which he's the head coach, so that's fine. Hasn't given us a ton on the injury front, especially early on. I don't think Trey Hendrickson's playing this week. And he can doctor it up and, and kind of dress it up a little bit, and I get that. I understand that this coaching staff values keeping things as tight to the vest as possible. Maybe you make the Buccaneers prepare a little bit, at least for Trey Hendrickson early in the week. But I, I would be shocked if he plays. And look, it's unfortunate but the more and more I think about it, the reports out there in you know of weeks, not months, back by playoffs, all of those things that came out late Sunday night, that lines up with what Zach Taylor said of, oh, he's not going on injured reserve. And so that's the positive thing here, is clearly the Bengals think that Trey Hendrickson can return at some point during the regular season. And I just happened to look at the schedule just to see, okay, so when would it be? Well, if it's not this Sunday, they have a short week, Christmas Eve, December 24th, against the Patriots. Then you get an extra couple of days there playing a Monday night game, Jake, against the Bills. Mm -hmm. And you kind of talked about that, having Trey Hendrickson back for the Bills. I think that's the game that behind closed doors, they're going to circle and say, hey, let's get him rested. Let's get him healed up. Maybe he has to wear a club. But if he can play that game, 
that would be the one. We'll see if it can happen, but uh, I think that that's where Hendrickson is. And then Boyd, this was a pretty serious finger injury. And Mm -hmm. the reason I know that is because Zach Taylor said they had to flush it out to make sure it didn't get infected. This wasn't just putting it back into place. Clearly, it was much more serious than that, and I don't want to speculate too much, but there's a reason they didn't just tape it up. And, man, some of these comments, back in my day, you taped it up and you played. Tyler Boyd's tougher than any of our commenters, me or you or anybody else. He would have played if he could have played. Clearly, it wasn't playable. And so I think he'll miss a game or two. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, it heals faster and they can put a special glove on that hand and and maybe he can play Sunday. I'm not sure. I think he's I'm more optimistic about him than Hendrickson for Sunday if there was, you know, one or the other. But I I think both guys could uh, potentially miss a a game or two and Hendrickson's, you know, status is much more up in the air than Boyd's. I I think Boyd would play and will play uh, against the Bills, for example. I'm just not sure if he's going to play up until then. Right. And for all of these guys, Zach Taylor said it could obviously be worse. They don't anticipate any of these guys going on to IR, including Tyler Boyd and Trey Hendrickson. As someone who currently has a much more mild finger injury than Tyler Boyd does, I didn't have a dislocation. If they had to drain it to make sure it's not infected, it suggests it was an open injury. I know. That, that's uh, what which, that's what it does suggest, like bone-breaking skin. Ugh. Yeah, which Ugh. It doesn't sound great. Sounds pretty Sounds bad. awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. And uh, being a wide receiver, yeah. you know, you got to – yeah, you have stuff impacting your hands a lot. Not just footballs that are being passed to you, but defenders, you know, hand fighting, all that stuff. You want to make sure that, you know, the, the pain is tolerable, that the range of motion is there, that the strength is in the finger. Because, like, I can't even use chopsticks right now with my – swelling in my right middle finger i can't imagine how much worse it would be for for tyler boyd of course and and we don't know what finger it is either right um i I think that probably matters a little bit but but probably not as much as you know the the other bits there and i only say that because for me it's middle finger and if it's like pinky finger you use that less than than other fingers but you know it's going to depend on on function and pain for him hopefully both guys on the short end of recovery, uh, I would be surprised to see either of them play this week. And you, th- you think about the Buccaneers in particular in this matchup. You, you can probably survive without T. Higgins because Antoine Winfield is was limited all last week, didn't play last week. We'll see if he's back. Jamel Dean sounds like he's not going to play this week in that Tampa secondary. You obviously would prefer to have Tyler Boyd out there, but mm. the Buccaneers' defense is just incredibly banged up. It's like Levante, David, and a bunch of backups for the most part. Vita Vea leaving the game last week. I guess Shaq Barrett's still out there for them, uh, still doing his thing. But it's a banged-up Bucks team, too. You would like to have all your weapons, though, because if there's anything the Bucs and the, and the Patriots, the next two opponents, are good at, it is more on the defensive side of the ball. And so that kind of takes us to T. Higgins, James, where – is a little interesting. We'll have to see how he is this week. We'll have to keep our eye on the practice report as we always do. But if he wanted to play in the game and was active for the game and snuck out into the field for a play and I guess aggravated an injury a little bit, maybe in pregame warmups, I feel a little bit better about that, but we'll have to see because hamstrings can really be tricky. They can linger, you know, and it, it's, 
it's scary. Look, the, the Bengals, the, their wide receiver room, it's deep, right? Trent Norman can make plays and Trent Taylor can make plays, but losing just one of those guys, they're so vital to, to making the ship go because of how they're built. This pass first team, aerial assault team, and they at full strength, including Hayden Hurst, who is week to week, according to Zach Taylor, doesn't sound like there's really a chance that he plays this week. Maybe I read too much into the week to week comment. Just doesn't feel uh, like he's going to. When they're at full strength and with Burrow playing like this, like they can blow the doors off of anybody, including mm-hmm. that Browns team. And I think it, it got off to a weird start. Otherwise, they might have. They might have just crushed them, which we talked about it, it that being a possibility going into the game. And so when one of them out is out, it's tough. If two of them are out, if I'm Tampa, I'd put three dudes on Chase and say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't you? I so it's I, I, uh, I tweeted during the game that if I'm the Browns, I put five guys on Chase and play seven on ten elsewhere because he's the only guy killing you. And yeah, obviously yeah. that's a that's a hyperbole, but you get the idea. Yeah, and and so Trent Taylor, Trent Norwin, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be those guys again if if T and, and Tyler can't go and I'm not saying they're they're bad players at all or anything like that, but there is a drop off when you have those high end receivers mm-hmm. taking snaps for you. You know, 80, 90 percent of the snaps on offense. So we'll see if they can make it work. And remember when they added that that speedster a few weeks ago? Oh, well, we, yeah. we just yeah we we just may see him on the uh, the practice squad. What was uh, what was his name? That's my guy, and I, I forgot his name. Tyron Johnson. Tyron Johnson. Little Tyron Johnson action. It might be Tyron Johnson week. Might be. That might be the call-up. We'll see. Even if those guys can't go, the offensive line will need to play better. We'll talk about the offensive line a little bit later in the show, but first, going back to DJ Reader, incredible, incredible game mm-hmm. and incredible, incredible season for DJ Reader. So we're, we're going to spend some time singing his praises again coming up next. Bet Online is your number one source for all things sports wagering this football season. And whether it's NFL Week 15, yeah, NFL. I can't believe it's Week 15, Jake. NFL Week 15 or the bowl games, because there's a lot of college bowl games, whether it's my University of Cincinnati Bearcats, Kerry Combs about to whoop anybody in their way, including the Louisville Cardinals, or, well, by the way, the Fenway Bowl. How many bowl games are there now that they're, it's named after a baseball? T- anyways, I, I, the point is you can wager on any game you want at Bet Online. Props, odds, betting lines, it, it's all there. You think Joe Burrow is going to be MVP? Well, he's certainly in the conversation. You can wager on that and so much more. It's free. It's easy to sign up. Sign up. I've used them, and you should too. At Bet Online, where the game starts. DJ Reader is an incredible football player. Mm-hmm. He is, as we discussed earlier this year, playing at an all-pro level. He's been a huge, huge reason that this defense controlled the running games led by two of the leading rushers in the NFL and Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. And I spent a lot of time last night looking for, like, man, where's, where's all the DJ Reader love? All, all anybody wants to talk about is Tua and, and Herbert, and I get it. It was the, the Sunday night game. Today... The, the media machine got around to, to throwing some love his way, including uh, Mina Kimes and, and Marcus Spears on NFL Live with the great mm-hmm. stat that, that I think we've talked about before. When DJ Reader is on the field for the Cincinnati Bengals, they're giving up 3.4 yards per carry, which would rank second in the NFL. When DJ Reader is off the field, one player, a nose tackle, not supposed to be that impactful 
and certainly would be more impactful in the run game than elsewhere. But when DJ Reader is off the field, 4.7 yards per carry, which would rank 24th in the NFL, nearly a yard and a half of difference there. And doing this against Tennessee was was impressive in a way because it's still Derrick Henry. It's still a run-first offense. That's still a team that goes through its running game. But against the Browns, these players have more skins on the wall. On the Browns offensive line, Joel Batonio, an all-pro. Wyatt Teller was, maybe still is, the best run-blocking, one of the best run-blocking, I guess uh, Zach Martin still exists, one of the best run-blocking right guards in the NFL. And DJ Reader just had his way. Mm-hmm. No matter who was across from him, doing just absolutely insane things against high-caliber players, and, and not only that, what Mina pointed out that was so impressive, and I heard this also on the Athletic Football Show uh, when when Robert Mays was looking at some stuff. The Bengals went light box against the Browns on like 45-ish percent of their snaps compared to like, sorry, yeah, 45% of their snaps versus like 20% of their snaps earlier this season. And mm-hmm. despite that, despite going light box, they're bottling up the running game. And that's, that's just DJ Reader, man. That's yeah. DJ Reader being an absolute stud, an absolute freak, whatever you want to say. Talk to BJ Hill on Monday. And I, I asked him, and, and look, I, I'm not going to lie. I set it up with, we know DJ Reader wants to be a pro bowler. He should have been a pro bowler a long time ago. And all of the, you know, that type of setup. Why should he be a pro bowler? And he was like, man, that's the best nose tackle in the NFL. And there is no nose tackle that, that you know, position in the Pro Bowl. And that's what, what bothers him because defensive tackles are all just grouped together. Mm-hmm. And, and Reader obviously hasn't made the cut there. But he, he said he's the best in the league and that he loves playing with him. And I'll tell you this, it's the most down-to-earth dude ever. And I've talked to him about uh, Marvel movies, about his, you know being a dad, uh, about all of the, you know, just life in general. Fun to talk to about that stuff as much as he is fun to talk to about uh, football and mm-hmm. the the thing I love that he's recovered. Think about the two pretty serious injuries, and the first one was much more serious, but he's still playing at this level, yeah, really, really high level, and is a complete game. But we we talk a lot about opponents like he can't let them wreck the game. He sort of wrecked the Browns' game plan, mm-hmm. which was to get Nick Chubb, the Rock, early, often control the game keep the ball out of bro's hands, get up early. Everything we said the Bengals needed to do, the Browns were saying the opposite, essentially. Can't let them get up early. We got to get a lead. We got to play with a lead. All, that, that's what they were saying. And they thought Nick Chubb was the key to that. And they didn't let him get going. They didn't let Kareem Hunt get going. And I thought there was a sneaky path to him having a big game. Nope. And, and uh, that starts with DJ Reader. So DJ Reader deserves a lot of love. And I think people understand, our listeners understand, at least Bengals fans understand how good he's playing and how important he is to this defense. Yeah. And he's doing it in the run game. Obviously that's his, that that's pops out on film, right? Like you can sure. see it very visibly, the tackles at the line of scrimmage, the, the clips that get shared by the great uh, film cut up creators on Bengals Twitter. It's also contributing in the pass rush. He's, he's compressing pockets. He's taking away alleys for quarterbacks to step up or escape the pocket up the middle because even when he's pass rushing, it feels like he can control two gaps. 
And he still brings a bull rush element to his game. Maybe he doesn't have the gaudy pressure numbers, but he's affecting the passer. And we've seen it with, you know, some very obvious ways in the last couple of weeks too, with the batted passes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it helps Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. It helps this defense. I mean, obviously batting a pass, it's a huge play. We've seen how that's affected the Bengals, obviously. And that's a big topic for uh, a lot of Bengals fans right now. They're worried about those bad passes from Joe Burrow. But DJ Reader's creating those on the defensive side of the ball for this team as well. It's a big reason that these linebackers are able to play the way they're playing. And Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are both also playing at extremely high levels, respectively. And, you know, I just often reflect back to how excited I was when the Bengals signed him in the first place mm-hmm. when, when Joe and I were doing this podcast mm-hmm. and he, he's even better than I thought he'd be. And yeah. it's, it's been so consistent with him. You know, this would be an easy all pro year if he hadn't missed those games of injury. And yep. so that makes it a little bit harder, but despite that and what accolades he may or may not get easily playing at an all pro level. And I'm glad that, we're not the only ones saying it at this point. And, and it's made its way into the national narrative a little bit more today. Honestly, and I know he cares about the Pro Bowl, but after you get the taste of what you tasted last year, helping this team finish the job, is mm-hmm. you know that's number one. And getting him back ha- has honestly helped make up for the loss of their top cornerback. And they're going to need just as much out of Reader and just as much out of the rest of these defensive linemen, you know, whether it's BJ Hill, the edge rushers, we could talk about all of them when it comes to to Trey Hendrickson not being around. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it'd be nice to see just as much pass rush from him moving forward. By the way, you know who hates interior pass rush? Tom Brady. Hmm. Believe me. So, not that you need me to say believe me, but you know, I've watched my fair share of Brady. So, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's been fun to watch, man. And it couldn't happen to a better dude. Like, I've not, I haven't heard one bad thing about DJ Reader. Not one. Not I mean, even on days when I know he's having a bad day, even when he was injured and working through that injury, all of those things always has treated the media well. I've never heard anyone say, mm-hmm. oh, man, he didn't treat me. Every, he's cool with everybody. And uh, I love it. Easy guy to like, easy guy to root for. And he's he's getting his shine a little bit. And by the way, getting that national attention, it does matter because it might impact the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. aspect of things and that's just the world we live in for better or worse regardless of how good you are if you're not getting that attention it could impact whether or not you're a pro bowler so it's uh it's big that he's getting some national run yeah i i just want to echo your thoughts on him as a person obviously i haven't had a ton of interactions with him but i think i mentioned before on the podcast we might have even played a clip talked to him at the media availability of the super bowl gives thorough answers is respectful seems very wise for a guy who's still pretty young and i mean i guess who am i to say who's pretty young or not we're both relatively speaking young right james right right anyway just me just me (laughs) yeah that's right dj dj has wisdom beyond (laughs) his years and and is a fantastic football player obviously as well and and the last point here before we get back to the offense as we do uh, when Joe Burrow is a quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he's a big reason that they can keep Mike Hilton on the field and, and go nickel against these really good running games. And Mike Hilton, in his own right, is an excellent run defender. And you're, you're seeing that rub off a little bit on guys like Cam Taylor-Britt, 
fresh to the lineup, learning to make their way in the league and playing just so physically. And we'll have more time to talk about Cam Taylor Britt with Mike tomorrow in the film takeaways. But man, I'm pretty encouraged by what I'm seeing from him. PFF grades be damned. I, I like the direction that Cam Taylor Britt is taking. Anyway, let's talk Joe Burrow a little bit because after rewatching, again, another one of those games where I come away more impressed than I was watching live. And how are we going to not talk about Joe Burrow on an episode of Lockdown Bengals? So we'll finish up the show there next. Locked on Bengals slash Locked on Burrow will continue on. But I got to tell you about prize picks because today's show is brought to you by prize picks, daily fantasy, the way daily fantasy should be. What does that mean? Well, you look at their player projections and you pick three to five players and whether they're going to score more or less than those projections. Burrow, I would tend to always go more. Chase, I would tend to always go more because let's be honest here. They put up numbers and it's not just them. You could go, you, you could say, ah, Brady, he's not going to be able to do anything. DJ Reader is going to sack Brady 52 times. I'm going to take the under on Brady passing yards, but take the over on Burrow touchdowns or the over in chase receptions. Boom. Just like that, you have yourself an entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Don't delay. That means, Jake, you can get on the Prize Picks fund as well. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports the way they should be. If you deposit 100 bucks, Prize Pick, Prize Picks is going to give you 100 bucks. That's right, a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's it. Promo code locked on is going to get you an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So don't delay. Go there today. Prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app, promo code locked on. All right, James, let's finally get around to talking about Joe Burrow here. A bit of a cardinal sin on the Locked on Bengals podcast. We mentioned Tyron Johnson before Joe Burrow. Oh, no. Well, Burrow's name, to be fair, might have been mentioned first. Might have. I can't remember. Joe Burrow has been on fire. Really, since, you know, you, you point to week five, you point to week six, you can point to week three. He's been playing very, very high-level quarterback since then. And and the big thing that I came away from this game with was, man, the offensive line wasn't as good as I thought it was watching live, which has happened to us a couple times this year. I said yesterday on our Did you think it was reaction, good? Well, I said yesterday on the post-game reaction that I thought Jonah held his own a little bit out there, and, and I, I was hoping that it wouldn't be uh, something that I'd have to retract. So are you retracting um, it? Is it official? Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> look, I, I thought Jonah did hold his own on a few reps against Miles Garrett. I happened to watch those live when I actually watched that specific matchup, but Miles Garrett is a freak. But but here's the thing about Joe Burrow right now. We, we've seen this progression with him over the course of the year, where early in the season, he's probably holding on to the ball a little bit too much. He's taking some sacks he probably shouldn't be taking. He's getting accustomed to where pressure is going to come from with with this offensive line, where his escape lanes are, how the offense is evolving in the early part of the season. And then you got to this part of the year where we kind of felt like he was sped up a little bit, right? You remember that where he he's, you're like, ah, is he checking it down too quickly? Is the ball coming out too fast? Is he, is he rushing his decision-making a little bit? And he had some weeks where his time to throw is like 2.28 seconds. And, and then he kind of got to this Goldilocks zone last five oh, weeks. Goldilocks zone. Where, where it's not too fast, it's not too slow, it's just right. 
And that's how Burrow's been playing from a timing perspective in the pocket. His pocket awareness, his pocket feel, his pocket movement have been nearly flawless to me the last five weeks. And this is reflected when you look at his pressure numbers. This is the worst pressure game of the, for the Bengals since maybe week two, M- maybe all season by, by a pressure percentage perspective. Nearly 40%, I think, was, was the pressure rate. 38% of his dropbacks were pressured against the Browns. Just one sack. It's a 7.1% pressure to sack rate, which in his first eight games of the year, Burrow's pressure to sack rate was 30%. In his last five games, just 12.5% of the time are pressures turning into sacks against Joe Burrow. And this speaks to that timing that I've talked about where right now his feel for when he needs to throw the ball is just, if it's not perfect, it's nearly perfect. Mm -hmm. And again, I think he made the offensive line look a little bit better than it was, maybe a lot better than it was in this particular game against the Browns. And honestly, that's what he's going to have to do in the playoffs because you're going to face guys that you just can't block regularly. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you won't. But I'm betting at some point you will. And and, and you're right. You know, you look at it. Miles Garrett and TJ Watt aren't going to be there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, 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 for sure. And and that goes a long way. But anyways, I don't want to get too far down the line and start looking at at potential playoff matchups. So I'm not going to go there. (laughs) The point is, is... I love it. I love the way he's playing. I love the fact that he overcame all of those things. Like, I bet most, in fact, I bet non, and even some Bengals fans, my first, I do post-game post games observations on all Bengals, and that's like my my gamer. I don't write a, an official gamer, but it's just like my quick instant reaction thoughts to on the game. And my first one was MVP Burrow. That was the headline. And it's because... When you take away one of the best slot receivers, you take away T. Higgins, you put Miles Garrett on the opposite side in this run-first Browns team that has had the Bengals number. The game starts all weird. Some quarterbacks lose that 30 to nothing. And I'm not going to name names, but you know, average quarterbacks that you know we've seen play at Paycor Stadium before, average starters, not good quarterbacks. And Burrow has the ability to just no 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 at least right now i'm gonna stop this we're gonna make this work we're going to to find ways to get points and he did on back-to-back drives i mean the ability to to stop hesitate and then make that throw to trenton Irwin on uh in, in the red zone to set up the Samaj jp ryan touchdown deserves a lot of love uh the one where he in in goodberry posted this one where he threw it over the middle to, was it Mitch Wilcox, I believe? And there was one hit. Mitch Wilcox. Oh, yeah. When he's getting yeah. tripped and it's kind of like Patrick Mahomes parallel to the ground as he's throwing it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's just kind of in the zone right now. And you know when you're in the zone? When you take away T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and you're still in the zone. And that's what he is. He's an elite quarterback. He's in that class. Whatever class that you think Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are in, Joe Burrow's in that class. And you can deny it and you could say, oh, well, he can't throw it 3,000 miles. Okay, his superpower might not be 3,000 mile an hour throws or three that far on the distance, but it gets there. And, and more often than not, it's caught. And more often than not, it, it results in being something 
really, really good for the Bengals. So he's playing with a ton of confidence right now. Mm-hmm. Not that he ever lacked that, but it just seems like he trusts everything he's seeing. So much so that he, and it wasn't cocky at all, but he's like, man, it seems like the only interceptions I throw are batted now. It's true. That's how it's actually true, though. It, like, that's backed by evidence. That's and, just facts. And, and that's how good he's playing. Who else can say that? Right? Patrick Mahomes can't say that right now. Josh Allen, I, I can't remember if he threw an interception yesterday or not, but I, I don't Josh know. Josh Allen tries to throw a lot of picks. He does. I mean, it's but like he's got this it's three thousand like mile an hour right? cannon, Jake. I don't. How does he throw a pick if he throws it so hard? I don't. It's it's like Ben used to be, right? <laughs> Even when Pittsburgh was winning, like he would be a little turnover prone. That's a gunslinger, and and him and Josh Allen, who's a more athletic and better version of what Ben was at his peak, probably. Oh. Anyway, uh, talking <laughs> about Joe Burrow MVP. Yeah. Here's how he gets it. The Bengals went out. Because the Eagles might be 16 and one. And you look at recent history, and typically the team with the best record with a quarterback playing well, that quarterback wins MVP. You look at all the sports books, Bet Online included, Jalen Hurts is currently the favorite for MVP. It has moved off of Patrick Mahomes and to Jalen Hurts. Burroughs is third, yeah. but it's like, Hertz minus 165, uh, Mahomes plus 160, Burrow plus 900. Like the sports books aren't really taking this seriously right now, but the Bengals get to 13 and four mm-hmm. after an 0 and 2 start with wins over Mahomes, Brady, Allen, Bill Belichick, I guess, if we're trying to pump the resume up a little bit on a kind of mid Patriots team. Maybe maybe Lamar Jackson, right, in, in week 18. You, you try to get that first seed in the AFC, you get close to that yeah. conversation, then you have an argument. But it's, it's just tough because voters so much look at what quarterback is playing well on the team to finish with the best record. And that's why sure. it's been Rodgers, Rodgers, uh, Lamar when the Ravens had the best record in the NFL, and then Mahomes before that. I think – if he puts on a show against Brady, let's say he goes there, and I, I'm not saying the Bucks are still the Bucks, but it's still a 425 game. Brady, it's Burrow, Brady, first time, maybe only time. Who knows? I'm not willing to say the only time fully, but you never know. That, I think, is going to change those odds a lot. Like if Burrow throws for five touchdowns on Sunday in Tampa and the Bengals win, let's just say it's the same as the 40, you know, 35-7, 42-7. Jamar Chase is doing the gritty. Joe Burrow's taking pictures of Joe Mixon because he just threw a 60-yard touchdown to Mixon. Like, how about that, by the way? 60-yard touchdown to Mixon. I think Mixon would do more than just pose for photos. He'd be excited as hell. Well, anyways, I think he'd be in the running now, and th- those odds would drop some. I agree with you, though. With the way Jalen Hurts is playing, he should be the front runner. I also think that there's a, a very real scenario where if, if Mahomes continues to have these up-and-down performances, and that's what he had against the Broncos, that if – Burrow continues to play at this level. They blow out the Buccaneers. And I'm not saying they're going to Tampa fans, but if they do, Tampa then that, uh, that – I just Tampa fans. There's, there's some fans. listening for sure. No, You're no right. Doubt. Yeah, watching, listening. And so I think it would vault him into, you know, plus 450. Like it, those odds may get halved. So point is, go to bet online now. Wager on him if you think Joe Burrow is going to win MVP because this might be the last week where you're getting really good value. 
Might be. It's it's tight up at the top. I mean, Tua is kind of out of the running now. They've had two bad weeks in a row down. And he was awful. He was awful on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's... He was awful. I don't think there are any Miami fans watching, but in uh, the interest of self-preservation, I'm not going to get into Tua right now. But Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, all still playing, I would say, at a pretty dang high level. And... Doing it different ways, you know. Burrow, the the pure passer out of that bunch, though he has been better with his legs this year, which maybe is an underrated storyline. He's in that conversation though, for for MVP this year, I think. And you know, you get rid of those first couple of games, and he's right up there with the best quarterback playing the NFL this year. Who would win in a race, Joe Burrow or Tom Brady? Burrow, a race. I agree. Yeah. This is good. I'm sending you out. It's an obvious answer. I'm just okay. Who would win in a race? Jake Lisko or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Who would win in a race? Jake Lisko or Tom Brady? Probably still Brady, to be honest. Oh, okay. At this point in my life, man, I think I'm slow these days. That's right. I can, I I can to feel go. myself. Yeah, you, you know, you haven't reached this point in your life yet, James. I've gotten to a point in my life where, you know, I'll I'll play my last, like I play tennis. I'll play my last game of tennis for the year. And then I'll go out the next year and I'll play my first game of tennis and I'll be like, wow, I'm, I'm slower than I used to be. I used to be able to get to that ball and now I can't. And uh, I, I can feel it. I can notice it at this point in my life. Maybe you're not there yet. No, I hope I'm never there. Brady certainly <laughs> doesn't feel like he's there. Uh, no, I, that was my question, but I wanted to set it up with a couple obvious ones before. Because I thought, you know, Brady, let's go. That's a pretty good, pretty good race. I mean... It probably it, would be a good race. I mean, if I if I spent some time to get Brady in the kind of and pads, in, Brady and pads, let's go. Not the thing is, he, he just, he's a professional athlete that take care of, takes care of his body, like and that's his job, and uh, that's not my job. I would need to spend some time if I if I wanted to have a shot against a, any NFL player. Do you think he could run a sub five forty right now? I don't. No, but I don't think I can either. There you go. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, let's get out of here. We'll have. Mike joining us at Bengals underscore Sands tomorrow with some film observations. We'll talk more about DJ Reader because it's impossible not to when he plays that way. I want to talk about Cam Taylor Britt as well because he's bringing a physical aspect to this defense. It's great. We'll get into the offensive line a little bit because it wasn't great. Got to talk about what the uh, hell happened. Jamar Chase continues to be dominant. So uh, that's pretty cool. Even when he doesn't have any of his starting running mates out there with him. Uh, at the skill positions besides Joe Mixon. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Appreciate all of you who stuck it out to the end. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.